It's good to be here. Amen. I'm glad that y'all are here. Y'all have decided to be in the Lord's house this Palm Sunday, that you are mentally prepared to uh, to wave your palms in a in a physical or in a spiritual way to uh, to praise the Lord today. We're just celebrating who He is and all that He has done throughout our lifetime, throughout this year. We're just so grateful to Him. So uh, this morning, if you have not, I saw some people bringing in some items for their shoe boxes. If you've not yet brought in items, please do so. The month of April, yeah, the month of April is uh, for April showers. So things that have to do with taking a bath. So soap or washcloths or those puffy things are fine. It has to be something that is uh, solid. You cannot have any liquids. So please keep that in mind. If you don't have any time then you can give it some money. If you don't have any money, you can bring a shoebox. So we we need your participation. We appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Next week is Easter Sunday. So be here for Easter Sunday. We're excited about the things that are going on. We have some uh, we have some singing, we have some mime and drama. So some new stuff from Y'all, y'all be here because there's well old old stuff, but new from from a certain someone. So uh, we are gonna we're excited about that. Uh, we are having communion today. It is our plan to participate in communion. So if you plan to participate in communion, uh, if you just wanna just because mom needs to get a count, she's got some glasses already. Right, just raise your hand if you plan to participate. If you do plan to participate. Okay, all right, she just wants to, yes, all right, if you plan to participate. If you don't want to, no pressure, uh, if, if for whatever reason, that's fine, but she just, yes, we like to have enough. So uh, she'll be putting that stuff together. We'll talk a little later about, um, about our communion time and read some scriptures and that sort of thing, but we do want you to participate if you want to. Of course, we, we know uh, tonight... It's a, a sacred time, but it's also a time of fellowship, a time of togetherness, and we want to celebrate what Jesus did. You know, the, the disciples, they were able to take this last time of, of 
fellowship with Jesus before he died. So we want to take this time of fellowship to remember him before Easter. So that's uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it as time goes on. But we just wanted to get that that count. Amen. So, yes. So we are we are glad that you are here. Uh, in, in thinking about um, in thinking about what to what to mention for Palm Sunday and just the goodness of the Lord and His faithfulness. Um, I don't know if any of you. Oh well, some of y'all might know the song Jira, Maverick City Music. <laughs> we were talking about Maverick City earlier today. Uh, this song it's a great song and the the chorus just really simple. Jira, you are enough. Jira, you are enough. I will be content in every circumstance. Jira, you are enough. And the song was written by Maverick City Music and Elevation Worship, um, you know, two really big names in, in praise and worship music right now. And the song was written, and I don't know if, you, if any of you know the, the, the story behind it. If you already know, then sorry about this. But uh, the song was written at the, the end of the year a couple years ago, and they were going to record the song in January of the following year. And the lead, uh, the lead worship guy in uh, in Maverick City, his name is Chandler Moore, and he had just bought a, a brand new apartment. He had bought brand new, um, all brand new furniture and everything to go in the apartment. And he was, you know, getting excited. He had uh, proposed to his girlfriend, and and they were planning to get married, and all this great stuff going on in his life. And they're writing this song, "Jira, You Are Enough." And in January, when they were supposed to record the song, um, he was supposed to leave that morning but got a, an earlier flight and left the night before. And he landed in Charlotte, and at 4 o'clock the next morning, the apartment burned down. And it showed on the, uh, they were showing a video of it this, this past week, and everything up in flames. And he said 98% of all his earthly possessions were gone. And they had to go record the song. Jira, you are enough. Jira, you are enough. I will be content in every circumstance because Jira, you are enough. And the thing is, we can sing that. And we can get excited about who God is when things are going great. But when things are tough, it's hard to say, I will be content in every circumstance. But I want to encourage you that he is always, he is always more than enough. So wherever you are right now, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're going through, he is more than enough. Amen. Let's stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Give him praise for this great day. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much because you are enough and you are more than enough. God, you are greater and higher and bigger and better than anything that we can think. And God, you put power within us that allows us to accomplish greater and better and more than we can ask, think, or imagine. God, I thank you and I praise you because in every circumstance, no matter what, when things are burning down around us, God, when things are going difficult, when things just don't seem like they're working the way they should, we thank you that you are enough.
God, that we can be content in every circumstance because you're with us, because you are the one. Father, I thank you and I praise you for this beautiful day that you've given us to come and worship you. I thank you for the opportunity to celebrate together in unity, in communion. God, I thank you for the opportunity to worship together and wave our palms to you. God, I just ask that you have your will and your way in this place, that we would honor you and please you in all that we say and do. God, that everything that is done today, from the very first prayer to the very last prayer would lift you up and bless your holy name. God, I pray that we would please you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. When darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own, when brokenness and pain is all I know, I won't be shaken, no, I won't be shaken, because my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love shame no longer has a place to hide I am not a captive to I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. No, my fear doesn't stand a chance.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness today. We praise you, God.
I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within His presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is love stronghold shine through the shadows burn like a fire I just won't speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety to every soul held captive by depression, I speak Jesus. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name is love. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows. in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy and Jesus for my family I speak the holy name Jesus say that again shout Jesus shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. I speak Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name, Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is love.
that name today. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Hosanna. Holy is he. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God he is alive and thank God for Palm Sunday and and it's all right to lift those palms and hands to God in worship and adoration he is Lord he is Lord amen John 1 1 through 4 in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Amen. Amen. Genesis Listen to the scripture, verse number 8 of chapter 22. And we know this story of Abraham taking Isaac up upon the mountain, there to sacrifice him. And Isaac was a little inquisitive. I see here we've got wood. We've got fire, but where is that burnt offering? Verse 8, and Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both went. They went, both of them, together. Oh, praise God. The first prophecy that there's going to be a Savior. God will provide himself. Let's go back now to John. In the scripture, in the setting, John chapter 1 and verse 29. First of all, look at this. John said the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God. God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Again in verse 36, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God, prophecy fulfilled. God will provide himself as burnt sacrifice. We know the next verse that we have 
to put up on the screen. It is what we call the golden text of the Bible. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we thank God for that. Now listen to what he says about this burnt offering and this sacrifice in Isaiah 53, beginning in verse 1 for about five verses. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form or commonness, and when we see him there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded. For our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed because of Jesus. Then listen to what he said in 1 Peter chapter 1, 18 through 22. For as much as we know that we are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold for your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Praise God for the blood that was shed for us. Thank God for the body that was wounded and bruised for us. Amen. Then listen to Mark just before he goes back to the glory world. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 19, So then after Jesus had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Hallelujah. Thank God for that burnt sacrifice. Thank God for the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Now David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 3, he said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Oh, hallelujah. When Jesus made his triumphant ride into Jerusalem, there were those on the side of the road that were waving their palm branches. Hallelujah. Maybe one was saying, Thank you, Jesus. You gave me back my dead son. Hallelujah. One might have been waving the palm branch and saying, Thank you that you opened my eyes and I can see. Oh, praise God. Don't all of us here today have a praise 
for what God has done for us. Isn't it all right to raise our palm branches up in our service today to thank Him for His goodness in our life, for His body and His blood. Praise God, brother. He did that for me. He did that for me. Oh, yes, He, he looked out upon that crowd that day. But within his heart and his mind, he looked past the crowd and he said, Larry Joyner, I'm doing this for you. Hallelujah. I thank him this morning. God's been good to me. Hallelujah. As one that has gone through uh, the chemotherapy, the cancer stuff, they want to look at you once in a while. They want to keep a check on you for the first couple of years. And that check was just a few days ago. And just uh, during this week, the report came back that all is well. That all is <laughs> I give God glory and praise. He said there is something right there in the chest, about so big, and he gave the centimeters. He said, but it's dormant. I Praise God for His touch in my life. I praise God for salvation, to be sanctified, to be baptized with the fire of the Holy Ghost. I love Him today. Is there somebody else? You have a thankful heart, and you will praise Him this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. 
Praise God. Amen. He does. Oh, glory. Isn't that good? Somebody else. Amen. God's blessed your life in some manner. Stand up and brag on Jesus. Hallelujah. the Lord. Bless the Lord. Glory. Praise God. He's hitting God good. Hallelujah. Is there somebody else just ready to brag on the Lord? Hallelujah. Praise His name. Yes. good, isn't he? Amen. Oh, Palm Sunday, raise up and praise the Lord. Anyone else? Another. We'll wait for you just a moment. Amen. Praise you, the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> glory. Oh, glory. And then, brother, yes. Huh. Bless the Lord. Bless Oh, praise God. Oh, God is good, isn't he? Amen, amen, amen. Praise his name. Glory. Amen. All right. All right. And, and as my wife was mentioning the fear, her favorite song, I think, I think one of her favorites from Brother Mike sings is Peace. Thank God for peace. Thank God that when we lay our head down at night, there's peace. Because as one of the churches was singing on the TV this morning, all is well with my soul. All, we can have peace when we lay down. Because all is well with my soul. Praise God. I want you to continue to take part in the service throughout 
and we love you for coming this Palm Sunday. Amen. And before the service is out, it's all right to do like this. Wave those palms. <laughs> Hallelujah. Unto the Lord, for he is good. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us. It's good to have you folks back with us again. You're not visitors. You've been here twice and so you're one of us and we're glad to have you with us this morning. It's time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come at this time. Thank you for every gift, for every penny, for every dollar, for whatever it is that you give. God makes a way and I thank him for it this morning. Brother Jordan, will you pray over the offering please? thankful to be here this morning. I'm, I thank him for everything he's done in my life. I love him and I love each and every one of you guys this morning. It is now time to receive prayer requests this morning. Sister Hager. pray for Sister Hager's boys and continue prayer for River and let's pray for Ukraine and everyone over there. Brother Mike. Definitely want to pray for Brother Mike's wife and said daughter-in-law. Pray for Sister Powell.
definitely pray for those families, Kirsten's friends. Chad. Yes, definitely pray for Chad's daughter, Casey. Much needed prayer. The Lord will do something special in her life. Robin. Let's, let's, let's pray for Steve. Yes. Sister Joyner. Yeah, let's pray for Sister Judy. Miss not seeing her back there this morning. Sister Rhonda. Let's pray for Leah. Yes, Gretchen. Pray for Pop Pop's back and Buster's leg. Yes, ma'am. Amanda. Let's pray for CJ. Hope all goes well. If that's it, Ray, I'm sorry, Jennifer. it uh, unspoken request raise hands please stand with me as we take these to the Lord
fellowship.
Good morning again. Hello. Hello to those watching online. So glad that you can be with us virtually. And we miss you when you're not here. So uh, be here next week for Easter Sunday. Yes. Amen. And for those who aren't coming back for another few weeks, we desperately miss you and we want you to hurry up. Even though you're enjoying holding babies a mess. But <laughs> come on, man. We we love you so much. All right. Um. We are glad, again, to be able to rejoice together Palm Sunday. We have recently been, for the past few weeks, talking about the mission, the vision of our church. If you have not yet gotten a card, Gretchen is on top of it. She is. That's okay. You, you gave away to two. If you, d you are welcome to give to them, but they're, they have their own church family and, and place. But that's it's entirely up to you with them. Okay, but Gretchen is has been giving out the cards because that's her job. I put the <laughs> I put the cards right there at her seat so that uh, so that she'll know that's her responsibility is to give out cards to anybody who doesn't have them. But, but we've been talking about the the mission and vision of our church, and our mission we know is souls, and that is salvation, ongoing development, uplifting conversation, love that never fails, and serving in love. Also, we know that the vision for living this out, the way that we want to, to get this soul's mission to people is Acts 1-8, which is 
that after the Holy Ghost comes upon us, we will be witnesses to Jerusalem, which is those closest to us, to Judea, which is those who are like us that we see regularly, to Samaria, the people that are underserved, but the, also those that we necessarily don't want to hang out with, and those who are in the uttermost parts of the world. That is the mission field, either mission locally, people that are strangers to us, or mission out in the world that we may never see. So we want to do this. We want to have our mission and vision active. And our goal, we talked about a couple weeks ago, our goal is unity on purpose. And I said that we we're going to talk a little bit more about purpose. And we are thinking about uh, the, the ideas from last time, unity on purpose, unanimous prayer, that is togetherness that we are all unified in our common theme and common goal of prayer. We are having unusual resilience, that we understand that no matter what you've done, that it doesn't have to end there. That the last thing does not have to be the last thing. That you can move past and beyond what has been and move forward into what God has for you. Just like uh, Peter, who did not allow the betrayal that he that he denied Jesus three times he didn't allow that to stop his ministry he went forward and grew beyond and unshakable faithfulness that even if we never get seen if we're never known here on this earth that we are faithful to God's purpose and his plan for us so we want to consider those things and I want everyone to know and understand if you're watching online if you're here today understand that your life has a purpose. Again, I, I think I mentioned last time that that the enemy has been on and on and on trying to convince people that their life has no meaning, has no purpose. That on and on and on he tries to convince us that we have to give up. The suicide rate is higher now than it ever has been because people are just giving up. They think that they have no purpose, that there's no reason for their life. But I want you to understand that you don't need to give in to the lie, that you are too whatever, you're too old to have purpose, you're too young to have purpose, or the idea that you have messed up too much to have purpose, or that you haven't had enough experience to, be, to have a purpose. But God can use anything. God can use anything within our lives. Because the enemy will try, if he can't convince you that you don't have purpose, he'll try to distract you. He'll try to move you away from your purpose. If you know you have one, yes, I, I have a goal, I have a purpose, but then he'll try to distract you with all sorts of other things, stuff, issues. So that's what we're going to be taking a look at. We're going to begin a new series, but I found another word. It's um, con concatenation concatenation if you prefer that one Shane doesn't really like the word series so if y'all would prefer we're beginning a new concatenation which means a group of things linked together or occurring together in a way that produces a particular result I, I thesaurus it man so um, <laughs> we're beginning for the rest of you we're beginning a series for Shane a concatenation on purpose and the idea that we're going to be looking at for the next few weeks is defeating the purpose. 
because there are things that hinder our purpose and we need to know how to avoid those things so the enemy tries to defeat our purpose he tries to put things in our lives that that trip us up that defeat our purpose but today we begin talking about some of those things the first thing that we'll talk about that defeats the purpose is cheerless giving let me tell you i this is not what i wanted to to preach about i'm like really okay this is all right cheerless giving but because i have a, i have quite a few in my in my uh notes app on my phone like oh this one is good and this one is good and here we're going here and i know what i'm preaching next week unless the lord changes it in some way but but cheerless giving so we're going to take a look in second corinthians chapter 9 in this chapter and the one previous to it paul is reminding the congregation at corinth of their previous commitment he said you know the church in jerusalem had struggled they were having a difficult time the the people there were really poor they were not able to support the church and they were having lots of troubles and the churches in Greece were excited. They were like, let's get behind this. Let's, let's start giving. Let's give them an offering. Let's bless them in some way because they're unified. And they're saying, it's not all about us. It's about church. Oh, <clears throat> It's not all about our local church, but it's about church. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. So they're saying, it's not all about us but we want to bless all those around us because if the mission's going forth, if the mission's going forth, then it's church. If they're preaching the Bible, if they're preaching what, what the Word says, then it's church. So we want to bless them in some way. And they had committed a certain amount of money. They had said, yes, let's do it. We're going we're gonna to get an offering together. So when they heard of the need, they responded with this enthusiasm and willingness to give. So a year later... Paul is, is talking to them in, in 2 Corinthians, and he's letting them know that he's going to send someone to collect their money. I just love Paul because he's so sarcastic and passive-aggressive, and I can really identify with that. Um, and he, he talks at the very beginning of the chapter. He's like, I know y'all are still excited even a year later about giving, right? I know you're excited. And I'm going to send someone there to get this money that you promised a year ago. And I would hate for anybody to be embarrassed if the money's not there. So I'm giving you some time. I'm letting you know <laughs> that they're on their way. And if you don't have it all together yet, <laughs> you might want to. So he's telling them that they, he doesn't want them to be embarrassed for a lack of funds but then he he goes on to teach us something very important starting in verses 6 and 7 it says but this I say he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully every man according as he purposeth in his heart so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So Paul is explaining to them the joys of giving. Here, Paul used the principles of sowing and reaping to explain the purpose behind giving. Those who sow sparingly, this word means stingy, or to abstain. 
So they're not giving, they're either giving real stingy or they're not giving at all. Those who sow sparingly will also reap sparingly. But those who sow bountifully, this word means praise, blessing. And this word, the word bountifully in the Greek is eulogia, which is where we get the word a eulogy. It's a speech, a speech of blessing. It's calling out praise. Just like we're doing with our, our palm branches, we are bountifully speaking out praise. So those who only give small blessings will only be reaping a, a small reward. But those who so big, those who raise up their hands in giving, those who throw it out there, they're going to reap bountifully. So what we harvest, of course, is directly related to what we sow. So the question is, how much do you want? We're told, Jesus says, that give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. So the thing is, when we give, we're showing God the how much we trust Him or how little we trust Him. We'll get to that in a minute. I'm telling you, I did not want to preach this. I, I wanted to talk about something else. But the Lord is working in our hearts. He says, whatever a person has purpose to give, they must give. Not grudgingly, the word here means sadness, heaviness, or out of sorrow. Have you ever felt that way? Sometimes you go to a, you go to a concert and it's, it's time for the offering and they put up these pictures of really sad looking kiddos. You're like, oh golly. I should probably, I should give some money so that the children can eat tonight. <laughs> if, you, if you ever felt that way. And the thing is, that, that oh, well, people are going to see me if I don't give. <clears throat> All right, fine. Well, that's grudgingly. Or that out of sorrow. Oh, man, I guess I should, I feel guilty if I don't. He says, don't give like this, not out of necessity, distress or constraint because God loves a cheerful giver. Now both of these words, cheerful and giver, only use one time in the New Testament. The word cheerful and and you know oftentimes pastor will get up and he'll say, you know, he'll start clapping. He said that God then you know, this is how God loves you to give is is a cheerful giver. Well the word means prompt willing and it's the greek word hilaros which is where we get the word hilarious so god loves a hilarious giver someone who is so excited who just who's just reaching in and they're the who I, I think this is this is fun this is good i'm excited about what i'm doing here so we see in verses 8 through 11 and god is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. So I just want to take a look at that again. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always 
having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. So five different times in one verse, he's making mention that every single thing can be provided because God is able. Five different times, God is able to give all grace. He is able that ye will always have all sufficiency in all things and every good work. So the thing, too, is how much are we trusting? Because when we don't trust, when we don't receive from God all that he has purposed and planned, then whose fault is that? I'm not leaving. Whose fault is that when I don't have everything God says that I can? Because he said God is able to give you all sufficiency in all things. So when I'm struggling, is it because God is not faithful or because I am not putting all my trust in him? Oh, my. Lord, help me. We have this guarantee that when we give, God is able. He makes grace abound, excess favor toward us so that we will always have sufficient and abundant provision to do good works. Oh, maybe that's... Because God is not promising that we're going to have all sufficiency so that we can buy the new Lamborghini. And God's not ge promising all sufficiency so that we can have a, a, a fifth house. <clears throat> and God's not promising that we're going to have all... Now, those things are great. If you can afford those things, hey, praise the Lord, and give too. Oh, my golly, that's wonderful. But God's not promising that we'll have all sufficiency toward those things that are excess for our benefit. But God says, I'm going to provide for you so that you will have sufficiency for all good works. So that when you're blessed, you're going to be a blessing. That's the purpose. That's the point. So here, Paul begins to quote, I just, bless my heart, I just stopped at 8. I, we're going to keep on till 11. Let's take a look. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now, he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. So here Paul is quoting verses from Psalm 112. And the psalmist is talking about the person who gives to those who are so poor that they can live only by begging. He says that he hath given to the poor, and that word poor means that those who are, who are so poor that they can only, they can't make ends meet. They only can be supplied by those around them, by begging. And he said that he who ministers, talking about God, he who ministers, this word means furnish or supply, this one who ministers seed to those who sow will also minister 
this was really neat because it's two different words for minister here. He said, how, now he that ministereth seed to the sower, that's he will furnish or supply. He will also minister bread for your food. That word means choreograph. To lead a dance. To furnish at one's own expense. To supply all things necessary. That he will supply the bread to be eaten. Now I want us to just see what this means. That he says that the one who ministers seed to the sower. So that God supplies the seed for us to sow. But he's going to. He's going to choreograph ways. He's going to take from his own supply to give to us. He said, you, you've got something to give to others. You go right ahead because I'm, I'm working it out. I've, I have plenty of means. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dance around if I, if I have to. I'm going to just be running around heaven finding stuff for you to give to you, to provide for you when you do what you're supposed to. And this is the thing. Our purpose is to give. Our purpose is to give of ourselves. Now here, of course, he's talking about offering. But in any way, our purpose is not to store up our talents and our time and our treasure for ourselves. But our purpose is to give. And that when we do, when we give out of what we have, what God has blessed us with, then God will work it out in ways that we can't even imagine. He's going to choreograph ways to supply our needs. He says that he will multiply the seed to be sown. Not just add to it, but multiplication. God will multiply the seed to be sown. He will increase to grow, to enlarge the fruits of our righteousness. That we will be enriched in everything in order that bountifulness, meaning single-minded generosity will flow through us to the glory of God to provide for those in need. He said, there's, you start working toward your purpose. <laughs> you start working toward your purpose with single-minded generosity, and I will provide for you in ways that you cannot imagine. Here he says in verses 12 through 15, for the administration of this service not only supplies the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men, and by their prayer for you, which long for you, long after you, for the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. He said, so when you do this, when you try out this experiment. And he said, he, he said, whilst by the experiment of this, of this ministration, he said, while you're trying it out, while you're proving that what God says is true, while you're, while you're working this out, it not only blesses you and blesses those around you, but it's going to make those who receive from you give glory and honor to God. Not that you be the one seen, but that God be the one lifted up and glorified and honored. This type of generosity accomplishes these many goals. It supplies the needs of believers. It gives glory to God because people will see our good works of generosity and obedience and they'll glorify the Father. 
And it causes those whom we have blessed to begin praying for us. I know that this is true as well. We, we have given to those in India, to those kids. And the, the names of the Church of God, Cornelius, are in their prayers night and day. That they're reminded, those kids are reminded to pray for us because we help them. And this is coming to pass that when we give, that people begin to pray for us. And in those ways, God begins to work in our lives. Paul ends by giving thanks to God for his unspeakable gift. This phrase is only used one time in the New Testament. It means indescribable. It is indescribable what God can do. The gifts that he gives, the blessings that he gives when we are willing to be a cheerful giver. So we have a history of giving. For our application today, let's take a look at a familiar passage back in Malachi. Ooh, tithing, fool. Yes, tithing is exciting. Tithing is exciting when you see what it can do in your life. Tithing is exciting when you go from saying, I can't afford to tithe, and then you start, and God blesses you more than you ever could imagine. I know people that can testify of that, who have, who have for, for however how long, said, I can't afford to tithe, and then they did. They, they proved God. They experimented with what God said. They, they put him to the test. And he did what he said he would do because he's faithful to his word. So let's take a look here in Malachi chapter 3. And we know, we understand the, the idea, and he, he talks about that they had robbed God, and he said, how have, you, how have we robbed you? Well, in tithing offerings. But let's take a look at what God promises to do when we're faithful. In chapter 10, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. So, within the context of this passage, God is speaking to the prophet Malachi. And God is speaking to them, saying, You've been slack in your responsibility to give. You've been a cheerless giver. If you've given anything, it's been the, the lame animals it's been those who were not pure the things that i haven't called for you've been lackluster in your giving you have a responsibility to give and what do we mean responsibility because here's the thing and i hope we're hearing and understanding we do not own anything i don't own anything i do not own anything I, I have a nice car, thank you, Jesus. It's paid for, but it's God's. We have a nice house, not paid for, but we're getting there. Thank you, Jesus, but it's not ours. 
We have nice things. I have a ton of shoes, but none of them are mine. <laughs> not that I want anyone to come and, and try to take them from me, but they're, uh, they're not mine. There is nothing that is mine. Because everything is a gift from God. Everything that I have is a gift from Him because He is the Master and I'm the steward. And He gives to me and He says, use it this way. He says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, I'm going to hand you all these blessings, but I want you to use them a certain way. So, the place where people begin to become stingy, as Paul put it, is when we assume that what we have is ours to use as we please or to withhold as we please. When we hear God say, give generously. Or when we hear God say, give sacrificially. When we receive in our spirit, hey, you should bless that person. When we hear in our spirit, hey, you should take out a certain amount and, and give that... And we start to cringe a little. Oh, Lord, are you sure? Maybe I'm the only one who's ever felt that way. Oh, Lord, are you sure? I don't know about that because I know how many bills I have. Or, Lord, are you sure? Because do they really deserve that? Oh, my. Oh, Lord, are you sure? Because I think they're more blessed than I am. And we hear from God to do such and such a thing, and we say, no, Lord, I'm going to hold that back. But how would it be, how would it be if you gave someone an investment? You said, invest this for me. Here you go, this certain amount, invest this for me. And you went back to that person and you said, hey, I'd, I'd like a little bit of that back. And they said, no, I don't think so. No, I'm, I'm not going to today. I just can't afford to hand you back this investment that you've given to me. W wait, what do you, that's, that's mine. What do you mean? And sometimes God may feel that way with us when he says, give generously, give bountifully. And we're saying, no, God, I don't, I don't think I can do that today. Wait, that's, that's my investment. That's mine. I'm just telling you where to put it. The thing is, God's purpose in blessing us is so that we can be a blessing. We defeat the purpose when we attempt to hold it. When I show a lack of faith by saying, oh, if I give this, how am I going to afford to such and such well how much do I believe God it's not mine anyway he's the one who's choreographing this dance in heaven to provide all, for all my needs how can I say that I trust God if I'm saying no God I'm going to hold on to this when we give back to God what he requires we enjoy the guaranteed benefits guaranteed benefits promising us an open heaven. This is a, a figure of speech. The windows of heaven would be open. This is a figure of speech from Old Testament times 
meaning a copious supply of blessings. This is not the only time that it's used in the Old Testament, but it's the most famous time that we see. But that God would open up the windows of heaven. So for anyone who was, who was hearing this, in Malachi's day, they would understand this is a figure of speech, meaning God will give copious supplies of blessings for those who would listen and do what he says. Blessings that we cannot find room for. Also, he promises to rebuke the devourer, so any pest that would attempt to destroy would be cast down, and that the vine would not cast fruit before its time. So what God is promising is that the time for our blessing and our purpose will not miss us. That the, the fruit would stay on the vine until it's time. That if I am in line for a blessing, if I'm in line for purpose, if I'm in line for God to do something in my life, that it will not happen before it's time and it will not rot, I will not miss it. when I listen and obey what he says. And I'm sure that we've all heard people say, oh, you shouldn't do something for a blessing. I don't, I, there are some things that, that bothered me that people say, I don't do it for a blessing. Why not? The Bible says don't do something in order to be seen by men. But it never says that I have found. Now, if y'all find something different, you're welcome to come and tell me. <clears throat> and we'll, we'll look at it together. But the Lord often incentivizes his people to obey his words in order to receive a blessing. He said to the children of Israel, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. He didn't say... He didn't say, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Whichever one you pick is fine. If you feel like picking the blessing would be, would be bad, would be you know, too high and mighty of you, too uh, greedy, then don't do that. No, he said, pick the blessing. Don't be silly. Pick the blessing. If God says, when you do such and such, you'll get a blessing, and we don't do it, that's just dumb. Okay, that's just silly. There's no reason for that. When God says to, that when we read the book of Revelation, we get a, a blessing. Uh, you know how many times I've read the book of Revelation just to get a blessing? I've done it a few times. Like, all right, the Lord says that if I do it, I'll get one. There's no reason to not do something just to avoid, avoid the blessing or avoid seeming greedy. If God promises this, if he guarantees it, then he wants us to pick that way, okay? He doesn't want us to choose something because it won't bless us. That doesn't make any sense. That's not God's way. So when we choose to bless, when we choose to obey, when we choose to give back to God all that he requires, we receive a blessing, a guaranteed blessing. So... What does the Lord want us to understand and apply as it relates to our purpose? Well, number one, laughing 
liberality. Hilarious giving. Learning to be a hilarious giver. If you've ever planted a garden or flowers, you'll understand that more seeds equals more plants. Let me tell you, I, I enjoy having flowers. Please don't, y'all please don't come to our house. It's <laughs> our yard, bless us. Because I'm not a gardener. I try, and then it just... I don't know. It doesn't work. I like to weed. I really like weeding. That's fun. But I try to get these plants to grow up. I bought some, I bought some mint. If y'all ever need ground cover, mint is great because uh, I planted one little thing of mint and it went everywhere. So I'm still digging up mint now, like pulling it. If somebody, we go to Lowe's and we look at all these beautiful flowers and I think, oh golly, it's, these are so pretty. But I always buy the ones that are perennials so that they'll just keep coming back. Because <laughs> I just, like, this is a better value. They may not be the ones that I want, but it's a better value. And it's less work because I don't have to keep digging these up and, and planting every year. But if someone were to go with me to Lowe's and say, I will provide all the seed that you need. I will provide for you all the money to buy the seed. I will make the opportunity for you to, I'm not telling y'all, if, if y'all want to, y'all can't, but no, that's not the, that's not the point. That if someone were to say to me, any flower that you want, as much as you want to plant, I will provide that for you. You just go in there and you put it all on the cart and I'll, I'll pay for it. Swipe, swipe. Then let me tell you, I would not be limited by my own, like, maybe, maybe not. Okay, these are, this brand is $2 and this brand is $6. Now, the $2 brand doesn't look as pretty as these, but that's, I wouldn't be limited to that, okay? But when God says, when God says, that those who hold back because of stinginess or bad attitudes, when we question, why should I always be the one to give, that limits our growth potential. Because God has said he would provide the seed. He said, I'm the one who provides the seed for you. I'm the one who's there with you saying, get all the flowers you want. Get all the crops that you want. I'm the one who provides it, so why are you holding back? We do not know all that God wants to do through us until we release our grip and begin to bless others. Until we release our potential. Until we allow God to show our purpose through what we can give. The giving referred to here is didymi to commit to deliver to minister the idea here is one of an open hand because as we open our hands to give they are in a position to receive from the lord i think i've um, preached this before it, it resonates in my mind that we can't give with a closed hand 
that when we open up our hand to give, that God is able then to fill it. When we release the blessings to others, God is able to fill. He's able to fill us back up so that we can be a blessing to others. And it just keeps in a cycle of giving and blessing. So when we are excited about giving, when we're giving liberally, when we're hilarious givers, God is pleased. God's saying, you get it. You're, you're laughing as you give out seed. You're joyful as you're tossing it out because you know God's going to provide for me and he's going to make this more abundant than I, than I had any idea. That not just, not just pulling a few seeds off the top, like you know the, the farmer who goes to plant his, his garden, his crops, he's not just going to grab a handful off the top. He's going to dig in with both hands and say, all right, let's, let's go out, let's scatter Let's get as much as we can to bless those around us. The second thing that we learn from here is that bounty follows benevolence. That we are living under an open heaven. That when we give largely, we receive largely. If you have ever sowed, sown, and not seen the harvest, don't be discouraged. Because the planting is one person's responsibility and the watering is another person's responsibility. But it is God who gives the increase. It is God who brings about the result. And this is when we're giving out the word to people and you may be discouraged and you may say, God, I've said this to them a thousand times. I've invited them to church. I've I've said this to them. I've tried to pray for them. I've tried to to tell them about you, but I haven't seen any results. But God is the one responsible. God is the one who brings forth the fruit in harvest time. The farmer has no responsibility to make the plants come up. His job is to plant the seed, to water, maybe get some weeds out. But God is the one who creates growth. So if we do, if we fulfill our purpose that God has called us to, then the result is God's responsibility. Yahweh promised to rebuke the devourer, to keep the fruit on the vine. What is for us will not miss us when we give. God is the one who provides the seed for us to sow. Therefore, he takes responsibility for the result. And he also provides bread for our food. He promises to multiply the seed, to make us abound in grace, in righteousness, in every good work. Because when we, when we give benevolently, then God promises a bounty. And how much do we trust him? Do we have faith that he'll do what he says? If I do, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give out. Because God will not allow his righteous to be forsaken or his seed to beg bread when we give out we're lending to the lord we may never see what happened to the seed that we planted but god blesses efforts in ways that we cannot that we can see and the third thing we see is giving glorifies god not only are the ones who need 
not only are are those who are in again and this may be we're talking about money but this this is anything this is time how much time are you investing and it's tough because too that's from the lord the Lord is the one who gives us our time. The Lord is the one who numbers our days. And sometimes we say, oh, Lord, how can I? Oh, I can't afford to, to give that time. I can't afford to spend that time with that person right now. I just have too much to do. But God knows. God can multiply our time. God can redeem our time. And so when we give to him, he increases or our talent, we say, oh God, I don't know if I, can, if I can do such and such a thing. I don't know if I can reach out in this way or that way. But God increases it when we give it to him. When we give willingly and excitedly and hilariously. When we say, God, this is yours. I don't know how you're going to use that. Maybe that's the hilarious part. Lord, I don't know how you're going to use this. I don't know how you plan to use this. But God, it's yours. If you want it, God, it's yours. I'm going to give it out. So not only are the needs of the saints met, but also those who receive will glorify God, will pray. We can be the answer to prayers. We can be the instrument of the miraculous. People may ask us, oh, will you pray for this? Will you pray that the Lord will provide for me in this way or this way? But how many of those times can we say, you know what? No, I'm not going to pray for that. I'm going to be the blessing for you. And then we'll pray about something else. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. So, part of our purpose is giving. We have been blessed to be a blessing. So, whether it is time, talent, treasure, whatever seed you have, you must sow. It must be done God's way or it defeats the purpose. As we purpose in our hearts to give, we remember that we must learn laughing liberality, that we must understand bounty follows benevolence, and that our giving glorifies God. As the music plays, I just hope that we understand that this is part of our purpose as, as believers, as those who are blessed by God, that part of our purpose is giving and not holding back because God has blessed us so I just, I encourage you as we pray today to, to ask the Lord to, to speak to your hearts ways that you can give or, or ways that you've been holding back and, and ask him to, to help you to have more faith and trust in him. Also, before we, you know, we're going to have our communion in just a minute and we'll be praying over the elements, but we of course don't want anyone to we want everyone to participate if they want to. We don't want you to take unworthily. So we're not going to turn you away. But if there's anything in your heart that you say, this could hinder me from taking part of the Lord's body and blood, then now is the time to, to get that under the blood. Anything that would hinder you, that you would say, oh, Lord, I don't, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel deserving of this body and blood. God, it was shed for us. It was broken for us so that we could have this moment to receive from him so those two things especially as we pray today heavenly father we thank you we give you glory and honor and praise for all that you do and all that you are you are so 
good to us, Lord. You are so good. We lift you up and we thank you. We praise you that you give to us more than we could possibly deserve. Father, we thank you that you are more than enough. Not only are you Jireh, God of enough, God, you are more than enough. You show up on time and we thank you. I thank you that you have blessed each one of us with something. Lord, if we're, if we're looking at our bank account and saying, I don't know how I'm going to give, maybe it's talent, maybe it's time that you're requiring of us especially. God, I just I ask that each person would begin to see in their hearts ways that they can give. Father, if there's anyone here who hasn't trusted you with the tithe, I pray that today they would begin to trust you because you promise a blessing. You guarantee a blessing, and your word is true, and it never fails. Father, I pray that they would begin to place their trust in you today for that, to give to you and watch you choreograph heaven, to fl flood our hearts with blessings because you promised you would. Father, I pray that you would work and move in each heart today. Those who have been holding back for whatever reason, for fear, for possession, whatever it may be, God, the, the reason that we hold back from you, I just pray that you would take away those, those excuses today. God, that you would teach us to give with an open hand. That we would give out liberally and understand that you're responsible for the result. Father, I ask you now that you would help us to glorify you in our giving, in our giving of, of time, talent, and treasure, whatever it may be, God, that we would, we would bless you with it. Father, I ask you now for each person who is here locally, Father, that we would be worthy of your body and blood today. God, that we would walk worthy of the calling that you've given to us. If there's anything in our hearts, if there's any sin, if there's anything that would hinder us from being worthy. God, if there's anything that we're, any grudges we're holding on to, if there's any secret thing, God, if there's any weight, sin that easily besets us, I just ask you that each person would release that to you today. That in Jesus' name they be forgiven because it is that body that was broken for our healing and that blood that was shed for our forgiveness. God, I pray that there would be nothing that would keep us from you today. From receiving from you. God, we just ask your help and your blessing today. We ask you to work in us. We ask you to direct us and keep us. We thank you, God. We praise you. We bless you. We bless you. We thank you. Your will be done in 